Good. Yep. I just tweeted it out. We are good to go. Now, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to week three of training camp episode of Birds vs. Boys. You got myself, KMS, alongside a very, very happy Aiden Powers because Philadelphia just achieved their 14th ever no hitter. Thanks to Jared Lorenzen. Rest in peace. I am not Colin Cowherd, so we're not going to be bringing up dead people on this show. You, you saw that, right? Yes, that was wild. <laughs> I mean, he technically wasn't wrong, though. He's not wrong, but again, <laughs> I don't know how these national media people get away with everything they get away with. But anyway, so you are here. Welcome if you're watching this on YouTube. Thank you for watching. It's in my lovely shirt. Aiden apparently hasn't done laundry in a week wearing the same shirt as last week. But if you're listening, thank you for listening to our smooth voices. We are here. We are everywhere. And we need to give a shout out first to our producer, Vince, who does everything behind the scenes for launching our brand new logo. Aiden, it is fire. He's the best because, well, he made the logo on his own, but anytime I have a creation in my head that I can't do myself, I have to take the creation out of my head, put it in his head, and then he puts it onto paper. So nothing but the best from him. And then speaking of creation, we have one of the best creators in the Cowboys social media sphere. Our good friend, Jay Tuck, will be on the show. If you're listening, he'll be on the episode. I believe YouTube, it'll be his own separate interview and separate entity separate from our training camp review. But he was live in Oxnard at Cowboys training camp. A lot of different rumors swirling about how things are going for every team in training camp. So we're going to talk to somebody who was actually there seeing every rep. And I, I'm just going to say one thing before this. The whole, I think we need to stop with the interception stuff in training camp, right? Lamar Jackson had four this weekend. Dax throwing two here, two there. I heard Jalen Hurts had a horrible one at the end of practice the other day. But especially with these clips, and you and I talked about this last year, we love the training camp, camp clips, right? They're fun to yeah. watch. But it's like previews in a movie. People pick and choose, right? Yeah. Like the people that don't fully understand training camp, which is a lot of people on Twitter, and they're just like, oh, there's another interception. They don't understand that literally the offense is running the same play five times in a row or they're running the same concepts 10 times in a row. And the defense is like, Oh yeah. Okay. I see that. I can jump it now. Like defense is set up to win in those situations. Yeah. So this is perfect. Cause it's going to lead into my main point about Eagles training camp week three. I just need to see them play a game. They'll play the Ravens on Saturday. Hopefully we see the starters for a series or two. I have no idea how things are going. I feel like every reporter leaves Eagles training camp with a new take. So Peter King was there last week. He said after seeing them in camp, he thinks they're the best team in football and they're going back to the Super Bowl. Today, I hear that it's sloppy. Tim McManus was saying that the breakdown in communication for the defense was so rough that Howie Roseman had to tell Sean Desai, the new defensive coordinator, that the second unit should be in instead of the first unit and had to interject during a training camp practice. He later like quantified his comment and said it was because one of the, he, the side didn't hear one of his assistants, but he went, everybody's been saying like a lot of pre-snap penalties, substitution issues. And then like they end practice today and it's a bomb from Jalen hurts right into the bread basket of AJ Brown for a touchdown. And that's how they end practice. It could be going awful. They could be the greatest team ever assembled. 
I really don't know. And we're just at the point, just I got to see them play a game. And that, <clears throat> we're at that point now of training camp where it's yeah. like, okay, it's bring on the football. It's like, it's the point, and it kind of happened for Eagles training camp today uh, where it gets chippy. Because like you said, you're just running the same play against the same guys. I've heard the same report. Like, I, I love Jalen Carter. I think I've heard the same report about him every single day. He, again, he could be out of shape or he could be the second coming of Reggie White. I won't know till he's on the field, but at this point, you can't keep going with the reports. And we're at the point the players are done with it too. Uh, you will be shocked to know which defensive player got into a little scuffle here today with Landon Dickerson. Can you guess if you didn't see it? Did he play college at Tennessee? Correct. Hmm. Is he on his last year of his deal with the Eagles? Hopefully. Hmm. Yes, technically. Was he a first-round pick? Unfortunately. Hmm. Is he not related to Martellus Bennett, but correct. share the same last name? That is correct. Hmm. Who Shocking. <laughs> Who could it be aside from Mr. It's always him himself. I am watching a team in the Phillies that seem to have pretty good vibes. Derek Barnett screams bad vibes. I don't want him around this team. I hope Nolan Smith is awesome so that I don't have to see Derek Barnett on the field. Is there any chance he's a camp cut? I don't know because I feel like they're going to try to preserve Brandon Graham. Oh, man, it'd be tough. It'd be really tough. He's like the fifth defensive end. Yeah, because let's see. You got be a Graham, lot of pressure. Reddick, Nolan Smith, yep. Josh Sweat. Those are the four, and then Barnett would be the fifth. So it would be really be tough to cut him. Yeah, you need five. Yeah, this would be. Yeah, this would just be brutal. Unless somebody gets cut somewhere and how he does his thing. But speaking of how he's doing his thing, uh, like this is just, we talk about, we, we've had this conversation about him all the time. For a while, I hated the way that he drafted. Right. Recently, if anyone ever goes, this podcast pops off and people go back and ever listen to the episodes from 2020. No when political. We get, we get Howie Roseman to agree to come on finally, and then all of a sudden his agent goes and listens to some episodes. And then it doesn't. Happen. I, I would eat crow. I would apologize, but I would also thank him for just you know using the strategy that made sense of common sense. But uh, like the Miles Jack thing, common sense, productive player for the past seven years in the NFL was just sitting there apparently deciding to become a plumber, which. Yep. He does know, like, he had to have saved a little bit of money, right? Like, he doesn't have to unclog toilets. It's just, you, would you don't so. have to have a job after football that's like that. <laughs> you never know. You never know, I guess. But, yeah, it's just like, yeah, Miles Jack was there. They needed linebacker help. They got it for basically nothing. And a guy who's been solid in the league for seven years. Yep. You know, it's like, <laughs> this is easy, common sense stuff. Where then the Cowboys are the opposite when it comes to the kicker situation right now, right? They have... Mm -hmm. Tristan Viscaino and they have Brandon Aubrey. Year after year after year, they just kick the can down the road. They're like, yep, yeah, well, the kicker will figure it out. And like the same thing as last year where they booted both guys out of camp and then signed Maher. And now it's, you know, they, they cut Tristan Viscaino for Brandon Aubrey, who was kicking in the USFL. I don't even think kicked in college. He apparently was like <laughs> watching football on his couch and was like, I think I could do that and just started kicking and then. Living the up a dream. That's awesome, though. Oh, yeah. But 
you know, it, it, it's a, they, they're like, yep, we're good. And they're not even like maybe bringing in a Mason Crosby just to see how he looks or some, you know, it's just the complete opposite. Real quick though, that, that's such guy brain behavior to just be like on your couch and be like, well, I think I could kick that ball through the goalpost mm-hmm. and then end up in the NFL. We've all had that thought. Oh, I could probably do that. Yeah, I could probably do that. And apparently he went 11 for 11 yesterday in camp. There you oh. go. <laughs> By the way, I don't know if you know this, Aiden, but the mojo moment is back this season at Cowboys camp. The mojo I think you need to ask Tucker about that. Hmm? Did, you see, uh, did you see Barbie? Me? No. Holy shit. Mojo Dojo Casa House. Uh, the mojo moment. That's fantastic. Um, do you think they'll carry that on after Mike McCarthy gets fired at the end of this year? I don't know. Again, you can ask Tuck. Really? But like the I don't know if you've seen have you seen a video of like what happens? I do not. I'm assuming it's team, very uh college when they throw the whole team's like you know giant in different on. portions or practicing or whatever, and all of a sudden on the microphone out of and speakers of the whole camp goes, It's a mojo moment, and they start playing oh. the Sunday night football music. <laughs> And then they like tell them what the situation is, like, you know, game winning. You have to make this fourth down or hit a field goal to win the game. Like it's, but like, and as they're just playing the Sunday night football theme, dun, 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 I guess that makes dun, sense because they're on Sunday night football every other week. Dun, 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 dun. We're gonna be like you guys this year. How about uh? RJ Cho came on our show last year was talking about how no one cares about the Eagles because they're never on prime time. Hey, three one o'clock games this year, baby. Have as have as many as you want. I'm so old and sick of staying up late and watching games. I'm it does take away from the games. special specialty of being on Sunday Night Football if you do it like three or four times. You know, yeah, not okay. okay. You play yeah. every game at eight o'clock. It's not Ugh. special. Shoot me. Ugh. Um, I got one other thing. It's in the NFC East, but has nothing to do with either of our teams. Have you heard this whole Eric B. Enemy story? Oh, I was oh, I was gonna guess, but yes, that's what I was gonna guess. Yes, uh, I don't know who to believe. Like, is he too intense, or are people just soft? It's I, I think it's both. I don't know. <laughs> this this was the shit that I was talking about when people were jumping for joy when Josh Harris took over the Commanders and thought this was gonna be some cultural uprising for this franchise. Probably not. <laughs> like these same stories are just gonna happen. Hopefully, there's just like less sexual harassment. But it's like, I don't think, like, I never heard anything like that about Biennemi in, in Kansas City. No. I mean, the only qualm I would have is he he didn't get a job for a while. Yes. Why is that? Yep. You know? Like, is it because of stuff like this? Yeah, which is possible. But, you know, players talk, coaches talk, and who knows how he interviewed and I was listening to a podcast. So this was basically like Andy Reid was like told him, like, take this job. They're going to fire Ron Rivera. They're going to promote you. You'll be the commander's coach in a year. But it doesn't sound like it's off to a hot start where he would get no. promoted to coach. No, not at all. But hey, keeping the shit show going in Washington is fine by me. Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds very like the two brothers in succession who are always just like bickering and trying to kill each other. Like Ron Rivera bringing that to the podium and being like, yeah, yep. Benemy, like guys are coming to me about him. Mm. You know, like, you know, who'd get your job if you got fired. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so keep it rolling. I will, I will gladly 
I was going to say take two wins, but we lost to them last year. I watched that play again. It still bothers me. Like, it doesn't matter. We made it to the Super Bowl, yada, yada. That game still bothers me. Which, which the... Uh... The Monday night football game where we would have no, got I'm... the ball back with a minute 38, uh-huh. but Taylor Heineke, like, yep. flails his arms as Brandon Graham, like, hits him. Oh, what a way to lose. That was the... Uh... Everything went wrong. The catch run fumble game too. Catch run fumble game. Uh, they missed the face mask on Dallas Goddard yep. breaking his collarbone. He fumbled, yep. and then the uh, that play as well. That was all. Of the that was fifteen minutes. Was that in? No, that was in Philly too, wasn't it? It was in Philly. Yep. yep. Yeah, we were eight no, and that was our first loss. Yep. Um, speaking of one more shit show continued. Uh, Daniel Jones apparently looked like absolute ass against the. Um, Lions defense in their really? joint practices looked just horrendous. Well, the Lions defense was pretty much the 85 Bears last year, so who mm-hmm. knows? I think they were the best. They were, it was like them and then maybe Philadelphia. The Lions? Yeah, oh no, I'm joking. They were terrible. No, I was about to say. You <laughs> have a good stoic. The- you would be good at poker. Terrible. So that's that's another good-looking thing for us. I think the Giants... I don't know. I keep flip-flopping if they're going to be better than too. people think or if last year's run was just a fluke and they're going to be exposed this year. That's I'm hoping for the latter. I I agree. Them and the Vikings, I don't know what to think because they both won double-digit games and every time they won last year, I felt like I asked myself how. Yep. <laughs> like How can you beat any team in the league and yet you have double-digit wins? So I don't know if it stays the same or if they take a step back. I, I truly have no idea. Me either gonna be that's hey that's why they play the games that's why they play the games but i need them to play the games because i am so sick of training camp reports me too i'm sick of training camp videos i'm sick of people fighting over training camp videos i'm sick of hearing about shady mccoy at training camp i'm just let's just go i was okay with that because he shouted out harrisburg and that made it all okay and then i didn't listen beyond that point so i don't even know what he said about the cowboys he said that he's boys with Jerry Jones and loves the Cowboys. Uh, all I saw was the clip where he shouted out Michael Parsons. He's like, we're yep. from the same hometown. Like, I'm also from that hometown. I'm just not as athletically gifted as you two. That'd be funny if he's like, yeah, Aiden Powers from my hometown. Yeah, big time flag football legend. Maybe we can get him on. We honestly might be able to. I think that I think we could we could probably make that happen. I think so. Shady or Micah or both. Micah is my dream. Yeah. Because it, it makes too much sense to not have him on. I'm the show. still working on him. Yes. Since I know, you know, his next door neighbor. We we are in a real seven degrees of Kevin Bacon with both of those people where at some point it could happen. We just What if we just fly down and like I'll just call my friend and be like, Can we stay at your house for like a couple of days? And we'll just stay <laughs> yeah. outside. We'll just sit yeah, out we'll front just in the lawn chair. And an- <laughs> until we inevitably run into him. <laughs> we're hey. like we're like Wilson in, in home improvement. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. That's so funny. Great reference. It's like at cool, at cool, at cool. Hello, sir. Nice to meet you. I'm new to the neighborhood. What's your name? <laughs> Micah. <laughs> Michael? Did you say Michael? Michael? Mike? Oh Michael my god. Person? Hmm. Never heard. Never heard. Not a big football guy. No. All right. You got any more uh Philly stuff before we uh talk to the one and only Jay Tuck? I have one thing only. It is related to Philly in general. The Trey Turner standing ovation was amazing. I was at the game. 
the vibes with the team have been phenomenal ever since. It was clearly uplifting. It clearly helped somebody who was mentally struggling quite a bit. It's like the third time I remember in recent history that we have done that for an athlete who was struggling in this city. Sometimes being the most passionate fan base isn't always just booing your head off and being relentlessly negative. Sometimes being the most passionate fan base is being as positive as you can humanly be and cheering as loud as you humanly can for somebody to bring them up. And clearly it works. When you hear the national media, they're waiting to pounce. They're waiting to say something bad about you. Don't even give them the chance. And look what happened. You brought them up. So if AJ Brown drops two balls in week one and two, you know what I want to see week three? Cheers. And we'll be okay. Sometimes being passionate isn't always just booze. Look at Aiden changing the course of the Philadelphia fan. Yes. Yes. Except when 49ers fans show up. That's different. That then we go back to old passion and uh, spit. <laughs> Snowballs, batteries, spit. Whatever. That, nothing's nothing's off the table at that point. <laughs> I want it to look like the Battle of Gettysburg in the Jetro lot when they show up. No, no cheers or positivity at that time. Cowboys fans, Niners fans. Our question before we get out of here: Rank your three most hated fan bases currently not all time currently hmm hmm nfl or just in general nfl uh i'd still say cowboys is number one would i though i don't think i i genuinely think i'd say 49ers number one because i feel like i have encountered a lot a majority of the cowboys fan base has been like hey our team needs to figure their shit out you know, like we need to win something. So I feel like it's lessened our rivalry. Niners, like fans, a little cry. Bit. Niners fans have been relentless. The TikTok comments, there are more arguments between 49ers and Eagles fans in our comments on a show that's called Birds vs. Boys than it is Eagles Cowboys fans. I would put them number one, not even, I'd go 49ers, Cowboys, Giants. Boom. And that's exactly why I asked the questions yes. that I asked. Yeah. Congrats to the 49ers. You bitched and moaned your way to number one. All right, let's get Jay Tuck in here. Tell everybody how they can watch, how they can listen. Subscribe on YouTube, closing in on a new subscriber milestone. We'll have constant content there. Uh, anywhere you can get a podcast, so Apple, Spotify, you can watch the video as well there, which is cool. Follow us on Twitter. I'm not changing. Uh, and also on TikTok. Again, Vince is able to pull things out of my mind and create them on TikTok, and we are very appreciative of that. So follow us there as well. And all of the clips go on Instagram. Everywhere you can find us, at Birds vs. Boys Pod. Boom. Let's talk Jay Tuck, baby. All right, Aiden, we are now joined by one of our all-time favorite guests. I think it's maybe fifth time on the show, the one and only Jay Tuck. Nobody covers the Cowboys like Tuck. I mean, we've we've had so many people on that cover the Cowboys, like Mike Tag. We've been on so many different shows, but it's always a pleasure to have somebody that dives so deep into football and is such a draft guy like we are. We love having you on top. Welcome back, baby. Man, thanks for the warm welcome, and I appreciate you guys for having me on. It's always a fun time just to talk football. Like we were talking before the show started, man. Season is here, (laughs) so let the fun begin, man. Let the fun begin, but thanks for having me. Of course. And All right, so we were talking before we started recording, too, that 
we not only wanted to have you on because we like your opinions, we like having you on the show, we love chopping <laughs> it up with you, but you were boots on the ground in Oxnard at Dallas Cowboys camp last week, so we had to have you on. But the first thing I want to talk to you about is a moment that happened when you weren't there, right? And I've seen it all over social media. You know where I'm going at. We have to talk about Shady and Acho being there. Your thoughts. I've seen your thoughts on Twitter, but tell the people. Yeah. Yeah. So yesterday, man, I was boiling. And thanks for Cowboys Nation for really just kind of being my therapy session yesterday and letting me vent. But my whole take on it was, like, I get it that they're from FS1. They have the Speak for Yourself show or whatnot. But, you know, why put your players in that situation? You know the things that Shady McCoy in particular has said about Dak Prescott. You saw the back and forth Trayvon Diggs had. I don't want my players to be in a situation where they're uncomfortable. It'd be like, you know, some guys were talking trash about you and we're going out to the bar and eat. And I invite these random guys over. Like, it just puts you in an awkward spot. It can change yep. your spirit, change your vibe. Why even have that? And especially if they're not even there for good for due coverage right so you know i was kind of frustrated with that but also just from the standpoint you know when i was out there at oxnard a lot of content creators writers bloggers you know podcasters they had to sit in the bleachers like they get limited access and you know the access that i had i had to pull so many different strings and you know players actually vouching for me and say no he's good he can come you know versus for these guys they get the red carpet treatment for a photo op they dance in your practice field and dip it just didn't sit right with me, but I get it. Cowboys always want, you know, part of that media circus, but I'm just tired of the, you know, all media is good media. Like that's, that's, that's mm -hmm. not true. Like sometimes it's just like, listen, if you're not for us and going to do anything positive for our team, then you don't get access to our team and to our players. But, you know, Jerry just wanted to roll off the red carpet yesterday. So, but I saw um, Acho, me and him had a, you know, extensive conversation on Twitter. It sounds like his Dak take, he just posted it. You know, he's trying to add context in different things. So I'm like, yeah, just, you know, clean up your act. But it's like, I can't trust him. I get it. it, it you probably did it yesterday because we were lighting you one, a new one yep. yesterday. Like, let's see you continue that throughout the season, but we'll see. People forget he was in the building, too. He worked right. at DallasCowboys.com, and so many people forget that. Right, exactly. It's like, you know better. And I get it, right? It's entertainment. It's Hollywood. You got producers telling, hey, turn things up a notch. You know, and when we played the Tampa Bay Bucks in the playoff game, I was on set for first take. So I know it's very WWE, but yeah. you can still be entertaining and talk football with yep. context and nuances and different things like that. Like, don't insult fans and intelligence, but, you know, it's... Yeah, yeah. It's it's one of those shows. It's it's not for the substance and the detail. Right. And it's been very prevalent with the Cowboys because of the ten interception thing with Dak Prescott. And anybody can kind of pick and choose clips at training camp to paint a narrative for somebody. So right. being there live, how did Dak Prescott look? Because us on social media only get to see one side of things. Oh, yeah. Dak looks great. And the one thing that stood out to me early was just how fast and rhythm the offense is. Um, it's very simplified. And you heard a lot of players talk about that from Jalen Tolbert to Kevante Turpin to even Dak Prescott, Simi Fioko. The list goes on and on. And I really like this offense. It's in sync and it's simplified and they're playing a lot faster. I mean, you already feel the impact. Brandon Cook. So when it comes to Dak Prescott, you know, my one concern about Dak, it was a concern, I would say my improvement area, which is ball placement, like putting the ball in spot, you know, but that's, you know, there's always little tweaks that 
any quarterback can work on, but I feel like the ball placement is a lot better than what I've seen thus far. You know, and what I mean by that is when you're running a slant, you know, putting it where Michael Gallup's actually in stride can to the slant versus, you know, reaching back behind him. So, you know, those little things I really watched Dak closely and he's in full command of this offense. And Mike McCarthy has said that like, Hey, if you don't like a play, let's get out of it. You know, if you want to change something to the line of scrimmage, you change it. It is yours. It is on the quarterback. And I feel like Dak is really taking command um, with the interceptions thing to me personally, it's just low hanging fruit. You know, Dak has never had an interception problem. It was just an easy narrative to kind of pick on, you know, last year because of the 17, but you know, People don't understand. You might see, okay, Dak threw three interceptions, but what was the drill? And sometimes exactly. the drill, it might be, okay, Mike McCarthy come to the megaphone, okay, third and 11, third and 11, right? So that's the drill. So you're running like six reps of third and 11. Well, our defense is no damn slouch. Like they're gonna, <laughs> they're gonna make plays, you know? And so it's like, I get it. It's kind of, you know, ha ha, you know, jokes on the Cowboys, but it's like, how am I gonna know if I can trust, uh, you know, Simi Fioko? on a deep route if I can't trust it in practice. Like, how, where, where am I supposed to do it? So should I wait in private where there's no yeah. cameras around? No, air it out and see if he can jump and go get it. If he can't go get it in practice, well, he's not going to get that opportunity throughout the game. So it's just talking about practice, man, practice. You know, <laughs> like, as a great Allen Iverson would say. I, I love – we talked about this, Aiden and I, on our previous show. It's – people just don't forget or they don't know how training camp goes, right? They mm -hmm. just see these clips and like, oh, Dak threw three interceptions. They didn't play a 60-minute game and he threw right. three interceptions. He ran the same drill 12 times. Right. The defense is like, oh, yeah, all right, I yeah. see it. I can oh, jump yeah. it. It's oh, yeah. not that the defense is set up for success in those regards. Yeah, mm -hmm. they, they really are. You know, and me as a former player, I used to like that. You know, when we do scout team because I know the play, you know, so I'm like, I know you're about to pass, right? So I know yeah. I'm not going to get double team off this edge. It's go times. So I can look like a superstar. So, you know, I get it. And I, and I just think, you know, it feels like the last two years with the training camp videos have kind of boomed. And it's just like, whoa, 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 let's pump the brakes. I know we're all excited for football, but I'm not going to mark a player off because I saw a clip on Twitter. Like, if you don't like Cowboys fans in particular, like they'll like Mozzie, so, Mozzie Smith's first rep of training. Oh, yeah, yeah, rep. exactly. You know, and I was, like, I was like, I was like, Mozzie Smith, you know, got his first welcome to the NFL, right? Because he got chip blocked with Tyron Smith and Tyler Smith. Okay, just joking. Oh, see, he was a horrible. I'm like, whoa, 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 pump the brakes. I'm just saying, like, there's a play out of a whole two hour practice where he kind of got, you know, chipped a little bit. So, you know, I always tell people, man, you'll see Steph Curry probably airball a few at practice. LeBron James probably brick a dunk at practice. We're talking about practice. So don't buy too much into it. But overall, you know, to answer your question, man, I think Dak Prescott's looking good thus far. Love, love it. All right. So what I've seen heard too is Brandon Cook's speed looks insane. And Stephon's smarts look off the charts. So seeing them both live in person, who do you think has the bigger impact this season for the Dallas Cowboys? Ooh, it's hard. That's a, that's a real good question uh, because if we're thinking about on the field impact, I think that um, Brandon Cooks just naturally is because I think that was the biggest uplift that we needed was with our wide receiver core. But Stefan Gilmore is going to change life in Dallas as well. I'm just saying because Brandon Cooks is able to take a Jalen Tobert under the wing, and you're seeing Jalen Tobert kind of emerge, right? So I would kind of give the slight edge to Brandon Cooks because I feel like he's going to make things easier for Dak. He's going to make things easier for you know our, our young wide receivers. 
And I think that he's really going to open up our offense and make things easier for Mike McCarthy and Brian Schottenheimer. Though Stefan Gilmore is going to take Trayvon Diggs under the wing. He's kind of just, you know, on an island. So it's like I would give the slight nod to Brandon Cooks. But overall, man, those two signings were those were my shut the hell up signings. I was yep. like, all right, I'll shut up. You know, say like, all right, Steven, like, you know, we're kind of focused on DeAndre Hopkins. Like, nope, I got this. I got that. I'm like, all right, well. <laughs> so, love those. Where you're like, all right, I can be confident. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, running I, my team. All right, I'm done. I will not exactly, complain. Exactly. Exactly. And the deeper we get into training camp and seeing those two guys, right, we see how Jalen Brooks is performing. We see how Eric Scott's performing. It shuts me up even more of the off season that they've had. Yeah, yeah. So I just did a film breakdown today on Jalen Brooks, and he's having a phenomenal camp, and he definitely has to be considered to to make the final fifty three roster. Now, of course, we're still early in the process, but man, he's looking tremendous. And then you know, you mentioned Eric Scott, and like I, I say, like I do a lot of draft content, as you guys know, and I'm embarrassed about Eric Scott because he literally lives in my neighborhood. And he was completely off. Of, like he goes to this high school that I go run. Like he lives here. I talked to his parents. Like they're he's from Kansas City, and I had no idea who this kid was. So I remember reading the uh, the news. Uh, you know, here in Kansas City after a draft, I'm like, oh, you know, four players drafted to the NFL out of Kansas City and Dallas Cowboy. I'm like, who the hell did we draft? Like, like <laughs> in my notes, I'm like Eric Scott. I'm like, uh, uh-uh. uh. So, you know, when I went back and watched Eric Scott. The one film I had, unfortunately, was him versus Jalen Tolbert. And Jalen Tolbert went from like 200 and something. Y'all, like he went crazy on Eric Scott. So I was like, okay. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of going with this. But I tell Cowboys Nation, man, this kid is yep. lining it up at camp. I'm so excited. I can't wait for everyone to really see him. But he's aggressive. He's doing a lot of different things. He has a swagger about him. And, you know, the coaching staff loves him. You know, like the coaching staff loves him. You can kind of see his energetic aspect that he's bringing to our defense already. So I'm like, man, Will McClay, I'll take my hat off. It's like you hit again on, you know, some home runs that a lot of people had off their radar. So salutes to Will McClay and the scouting staff. Amen. If he stays playing that way, you're going to have to bake some cookies and go knock on the door. In the yeah, 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 yeah. So it's like I said, I got to meet his family out there at camp. I was like, yeah. He's like, oh, yeah. So they literally probably live like three blocks so, so, <laughs> yeah, so yeah so like hey neighbor so i said he's my cousin now i'm just, just gonna claim like oh yeah eric scott's my cousin man you know, like, we've been like this you know right <laughs> yeah we grew up right? he was number one on my draft board <laughs> yeah he gets some, some white out <laughs> let's stick with the offense we talked about dak we've talked about brandon cooks the running back position tony pollard first time being a three down back Deuce Vaughn, love him, but on the smaller side. And then Ronald Jones has been suspended. Do you think the Cowboys look at what's a pretty hefty free agent running back market? Uh, do you think they're done with running backs? Oh, how do we feel about that position right now? Yeah, I know it's a lot of question marks when it comes to the running back room. And I think when it comes to Cowboys fans, it's just unfamiliar territory because we had Zeke and then we had Pollard, right? So we've been good for so many years. But now, like you mentioned, it's just Tony Pollard and them. Um, but I feel like we're good. You know, you have Rico Dattle, who's, you know, hasn't really got his opportunity in the league as of yet due to injuries. He's playing well at camp. I'm personally, you know, you know, the, the conductor of the Malik Davis train. I love Malik Davis out of Florida. Had some good quality reps last year, so I'm excited about him. So I feel like the Cowboys are going to sit back, you know, watch camp. They're going to watch preseason and really gauge it. And it would have to be a catastrophe where things kind of fall to the cracks or injury 
were they going to pick up the phone and call that ex-girlfriend Ezekiel Elliott back or, you know, Kareem Hunter, you know, like, I just feel like they're going to sit back, really analyze and say, okay, what do we got? But I just don't think that they're going to be that bad for the Cowboys to actually have to pick up the phone unless there's an injury. So, you know, granted, I would love to have Zeke back because when I was watching the draft and once everything kind of wrapped up, I'm like, man, this is a, this team was kind of fit perfectly for 21, you know, cause Brian Schottenheimer is saying we want to run the ball, rain, sleet, snow. We don't care what's going on and want to play power football. And you got this big physical tight end addition and Luke Schoonmaker. And now you have some speed to take the top off. So you can't stack the box. And I'm just like, I mean, he had 12 touchdowns and almost 800 yards on it. But I mean, I mean, so, you know, but, you know, I wish Zeke the best, but I would be shocked if he actually returns to Dallas, unfortunately. So I'm sorry, Cowboys Nation. So. If they did, so you, if they did go after somebody, you'd say Zeke over Kareem Hunt. Cause my point with Kareem Hunt to Kevin was he's used to being the backup behind Nick Chubb. He kind of fills that role. Mm-hmm. It's hard for Beak, Zeke, who's been the guy, yeah. to then be behind Pollard. But like you said, the scheme kind of fits him. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I love Zeke. You know, I, you know, got his jersey and everything back there. But, if I can choose, I would go get Dalvin Cook. Open up the wallet, you know, a little bit, Stephen, give me the keys. I would go get Dalvin Cook. But yeah, I just think that there's no way that you could bring Zeke back to have him as the backup. The fans aren't gonna, mm-hmm. you know, like it's just gonna nope. be, uh, you know. Yeah. So it would have to be like something bad happened. But yeah, Kareem Hunt, he's he's a quality back, you know, what he was doing here in Kansas City before his situation, like he still has a lot in the tank, but I think with Ronald Jones and, you know, Deuce Vaughn, as you mentioned, Rico and um, Malik and also Hunter Lubke, it's just going to be more of a spell back by committee. It's not a running back by committee because Tony Pollard should get all of those touches, right? It's just after that. So, you know, I'm not too concerned about the running back room. The only thing I'm really concerned about is that Zach Martin seems to just be tossing money out the window where he doesn't care, right? All right, well, if your offensive line's a little shaky, okay, mm-hmm. so running back being in pass pro, like you have to be buttoned up because you can't put our quarterback at risk. So that's kind of my concern as of right now. But, you know, overall, I'm not too concerned. I think we'll be perfectly fine at the running back room. So do you think they keep four? Because I think it's going to be Pollard. I think they keep both Dattle and Malik. And I think Deuce Vaughn's on this team but I think he's also going to be more shifting in in between that wide receiver and running back room. And I actually think that Deuce is going to touch the ball more as than wide receiver or excuse me, running back three, even though he'll be running back four on the depth chart. But I think they keep all four. And see, it's hard, right? Because it's like, okay, if you're looking at Pollard, Malik, Rico, and Deuce, I know that they brought in Hunter Lukey for a reason, and Mike McCarthy's yep. been very adamant about having a fullback. So how do you stash him? So you're not going to keep five running backs. Yep. So, you know, something's going to have to get – I think they're going to be strategic this year about, okay, who can we possibly stash on practice squad and maybe hide a little bit? That might come into play because you have to remember, this year there's no, like, steps when you're cutting. There's no, like, you know, first cut, second cut. Like, it's awesome. Like, hey, after that last preseason game. See ya. 50 people getting cut getting axed right so you know they'll probably just sit back and play it that way um you know i, I don't know because like this, with his wide receiver room i mean it's it's getting tight in there and i'm trying to squeeze you know the jalen brooks is in there and also the jalen marinos like there's still a lot of guys so i'm like man i don't know if i want to put them you know on waivers and every year i panic and freak out malik davis was my guy last year yep. i think we feel like y'all cut malik like there's no way he's gonna get the waivers and all of a sudden get them. Like, okay well just don't do it again right um, 
So yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting. I don't yeah, the, the Cowboys got a lot of work to do to get down to this final 53. And you know, with not having the um, you know, the pandemic kind of rules and protocols, you can't be as sneaky as they were doing, like, okay, you know, we'll stash this guy on IR and you know, bring him back. Like you can't do that this year. So it's gonna be interesting how that works out. All right. So you talked, Definitely. you just mentioned the wide receiver room, right? So mm-hmm. as of right now, for me, it would be Lamb Cooks, Gallup, Turpin, Tolbert, and Brooks. I don't think Sammy Fajoko's on this team. I think that's that's where it stops at six. Maybe try and bring him back. Is that sort of where you're at? Yeah, that's exactly where I'm at as of today. Um, I feel like Jalen Brooks is a seven-round pick out of South Carolina. He is showing a lot. And he's not just showing a lot as a wide receiver. He's also showing a lot on special teams as well. We know that Mike McCarthy speaks very highly about special teams contributions. So, you know, I when I did my video a second ago, he spoke with the Dallas Cowboys draft show with Aisha and also Brian brought us about he prides himself on special teams like he he foams at the mouth for special teams because he was a division two guy who went to the SEC and he really didn't get a lot of opportunity at South Carolina. He was kind of lost in the shuffle. So, you know, for him, he's very blue collar. He's just trying to get it in how he can get in. So, you know, I think that's going to give him the nod over Simi. Simi has a lot to kind of catch up, and I don't think the politics of him being a draft pick or earlier draft pick is going to be enough to save him because he's had some drops, he had some lapses, not having a bad camp. But what I'm focusing on when I'm looking at players, like, are you able to stack days? Were you good on Monday? Good on Tuesday. You're off on Wednesday. Were yeah. you good on Thursday? Versus you were good on Monday. Tuesday was kind of shaky. Wednesday, uh, Thursday was man. Saturday you look good. Like you know, yeah. those are the type of things I'm I'm focusing on. And when it comes to Jalen Brooks, it's just every day. And also Jalen Tolbert, it's just every day they're stacking, stacking, yep. stacking. And I know the Cowboys, you know, coaching staff is going to take that into consideration. Aiden, I know you're rooting for Sammy because you love wide receivers out of Stanford. Oh, yeah, JJ Ortega Whiteside. I wonder what there you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah, and Simi's a good kid. I love Simi out of Stanford. You know, he did an interview the other day. And he talked about the Texas Coast offense. It's what they read at Stanford. So he's excited. But I mean, there's drops, there's lapses. I mean, speaking yeah. of back interceptions, you know, that was one just throwing a deep ball to Simi. So you know, it's just one of those things where, hey, man, it's the NFL. Like everybody yeah. is fighting for a job and for a position. So may the best man win. So we'll see. Consistency in any job will get you a lot of right. places and a lot of promotions. So right, exactly. Also, very true That's in the it. NFL. <laughs> uh, last right. one for me is miss is about Mister Consistency, and you mentioned his name already, Zach Martin. Mm. Um, been the most consistent Dallas Cowboy, I would say, since he joined the team. Just a perennial Pro Bowler, first ballot Hall of Famer, but he is not a camp. He is still getting dinged with fifty thousand dollars a day. Mm-hmm. Jerry is towing that line and still holding firm. How do you think this ends and when? Honestly, it's getting a lot uglier than I originally expected. Funny, I just finished the, the Johnny Manziel uh, documentary on Netflix, man, because I'm a huge Manziel fan. Like, that's, that's still my QB. Oh, we were just talking about it. I can't oh, wait yeah, to watch, can't wait to watch, watch it. it. We're done. We're going to watch it right now. So, so before I was actually a draft analyst and I was just an emotional fan, like, I threw a fit draft in Zach Martin because I'm like, a guard or t- are you kidding me? Like, you know, like, whatever. Uh, but I learned my errors of my ways. But, you know, when it comes to Zach Martin, it's a tricky situation because normally like your blue blooded players like a Sean Lee or, you know, like those types of players, like these kind of get everything that they ask for in Dallas. Right. But to see that the Jones is actually putting their foot down, like, nah, bro, you're, 
we're gonna go on without you and he's slowly bleeding out like i don't care how much money you make like he lost like yep. 2.4 million today i think he, i think over he can lose like you know uh like 500 something like like, like something crazy like some crazy amount that he can lose by just sitting and holding out and the cowboys don't seem to be budging now i'm not sure how this is going to play out because i feel like they're going to have to extend zach martin because he's going to be 24 million dollars against the cap next year but mm -hmm. how long are they asking for what is his agent pushing for if you're wanting to make zach martin the highest paid guard in the nfl the cowboys might scoff at that a little bit like bro you're I mean, you're good, but you're getting older, you know, yeah. and I always go back and tell people, I remember after the pandemic that he did a radio on 105 through the fan, he talked about how he was close to retirement and his wife was really pushing for him to retire. So uh, -uh. I can't, I can't, I can't yeah. give you a four or five year deal, bro, with you and your wife can just say, you know, have two years left. Exactly. Exactly. So it's going to be interesting to play out, but I feel like Zach Martin does have the leverage because Josh Ball and yeah, yeah, that ain't yeah. the answer out there. And then they're, you know, they got Brandon Hoffman and, you know, Mike they have Let's go play in there. But now yeah. McCarthy's like, oh, he's, he's just strictly yeah. center. Yeah. So just like if they would have went guard in the draft and had some younger bloods there, then maybe they could, you know, kind of play a little leverage. But I just don't see us going out there week one without Zach Martin. But they're probably just going to make them bleed out a little bit, to be honest with you. So, you know, but this is a very important piece for our championship mm -hmm. runs to have Zach Martin out there. No ifs, ands, buts about it. See, Especially you guys won't have to worry about the dilemma. Yeah, but you wouldn't have to worry about this dilemma if you just drafted the quarterback who had his dad fake a heart attack. It's coming. Right, right, yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, like, you'd be perfectly fine. You know, like, the funny thing, I was wondering, like, I don't remember back, but, like, why were we even in the running for a quarterback? Like, was Romo a contract? Like, why was Jerry so adamant? It was just, it was just like, the, the Laura Manziel. I think it was, like, it was literally just, because that was what? That was 2014? 14? Yeah, 14, something like that. Yeah. So, Romo was sort of on the, yeah, because... Yeah, I think Romo was kind of towards the tail end because what Dak took over in 2016. 16, right? But and it was late in the draft, right? What did he had? It was like 24. No, we had the 16th pick that year. Was it 16? And pass yeah. on him. Yeah. yeah. All right. And the Browns yeah. came in. And they won Dak. So, I mean, he fell. But yeah, I was, yeah. I got to tell you what, I was extremely happy. Oh, uh, man. I was, I was like, see, I was, I was wanting a new quarterback because I was just tired of Romo getting hit and our just, you know, our season would be over as soon as he went down. So, like, get someone on that can take some punishment. But, mm -hmm. you know, it's funny, like, really pivoting, talk about Manziel. But, you know, you see today's NFL, and I, was, I feel like today he would have probably fit a lot more than he did back then because mm -hmm. more free flowing. You're seeing the, you know, the Justin Herberts and, you know, the Jalen Hurts, like, hey, we just want to build this system around you and just go play natural. But, now, he has some demons that he was battling, so it's good to see that he is, you know, doing okay as of right now. But I love men's ale, man. So. Me too. I saw a clip with Kyle Shanahan who was saying that exact point. He's like, he was set up to fail because the offense didn't fit and didn't cater to him. Right. He's not like a side to side runner. He can run up the middle, but that's how you get hit. So you have to build right. around that. Exactly. I think you'd be able to do that in this day and age, but at that time they weren't. And right. I mean, obviously, but you can't also can't fly to Vegas in the middle okay, of the right, season. Right. And go right, to right, right. <laughs> right. I, I think I still have my, uh, my, what was it? Billy Manziel shirt that I used to wear to Vegas. Cause oh, it was like yeah. when he put oh, the yeah. glasses on and everything. So 
I definitely have my uh, Money Manziel shirt. In the I, I just saw those. I am about to hop on eBay after this and buy a few, man. See, they're probably like sky high right now. I'm just gonna miss those shirts, man. Like definitely. Oh yeah. man! And now he's <laughs> opening up his bar. So yeah, yeah. Oh, that's great. All right, we appreciate it. Before we get you out of here, as always, let everybody know where they can follow you, where they can watch you, where they can listen to you. Because if you are a Cowboys fan, do not miss anything Tuck's putting out there. Hey, I appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me on once again. So you can follow me on all social media platforms at JTuck151. That's Instagram, uh, TikTok, X, Twitter, whatever we're calling it this week. Um, yeah, JTuck151, man, I appreciate all the interactions, Cowboys fans, and NFL fans in general. It's going to be a fun season. I'm excited to get started tomorrow. You know, I start, I feel like a proud dad watching all my little draft kids. So he was like, oh, I remember you, like, I raised them, you know, so like I'm excited mm-hmm. about that tomorrow. Uh, but yeah, follow me on all social media platforms and my YouTube channel is CFO Sports. I do a lot of film breakdowns throughout the week. You know, once the season starts, we'll start preparing, doing weekly prep for our opponents, um, do a lot of draft content, live shows, just have fun talking football, man. So come on over, even if you're not a Cowboys fan, my community's trained. Like, hey, we welcome everybody except yep. the trolls. But I appreciate all support, everyone, and hopefully everyone has a good NFL season. So thanks again for having me. Appreciate it, Tuck. Thank you. Chris Hansen here, and I'm going to need you all to take a seat right over there and check out Birds vs. Boys. I think you're completely right here, and I hate it. Hey, idiots. Stop doing dumb things. I got two phones. Upside alert. Upside alert. I might go insane. I think you're already there. There's no hope. Hope is gone. If this was an AFC North podcast, we'd be done in 15 minutes. Bob Hope. I'm going to drink bleach. Be the team you promised me you were going to be this year. This is the Consciously Hopeful Podcast. I'll be watching.